This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college sports fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are coming at you today a day later than usual or a night later than usual if you are one of the special peeps that likes to catch the Primetime Podcast when it goes up on the SoundCloud page late into the wee hours of the night, early morning. But the reason why we're coming at you a day late is we had to watch a national championship game yesterday, Brandon. We certainly did, and it ended up being... Just actually really an incredible game. And, you know, for me, I I didn't get the outcome that I wanted in the end. But and a lot of fans didn't get the outcome they wanted in the end. But what they got was a very, very good game. Well, and I mean, I had this. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Maybe your kind of mind frame is a little bit lesser than mine and by that I mean like you don't go that back that many years was this the best national championship game we've seen it's the best national championship game I've seen in in recent years the best national championship game ever though you know I think that that that's a bold statement because Mm -hmm. you have to go back multiple national championship games and you look at many that were good. Yeah, does that beat a lot? Does the game last night that we saw beat a lot of other games in history? Yes, it does. But are there other games that are right up there, if not a little bit better? There certainly could be. And really, I think that at the end of the day, it's really all opinion. You're not right. You're not wrong, necessarily. But I, I think that it's definitely... Of what I've seen, again, and I said this to you last night, that this is probably one of the better ones I've seen in Mm -hmm. recent memory, probably within the last four to five years, I thought that this game was was right up there with, with some of the better ones that I've seen. But that's not to say that there isn't one that's better. I'll give you two that in my, this is my lifetime that I had seen that I maybe may put in front of this game. Because it's hard to say, well, you're going to say, well, Ricky, it's a buzzer beater. Go fuck yourself. It was great. However, there are two games that I would put ahead of this one. The first one, 2010, Butler-Duke. I know it didn't go in, but the Hayward shot from half court, the milli-inches, centimeters away from sending Duke home without a national championship and that team with Hayward and Howard and Shelvin Mack, that was a great game. And to me, maybe it's because I was such a, I was like 18 and kind of youthful and just completely loved the tournament when I was a younger younger child, I'm going to say, even as an 18-year-old high schooler, I'm going to call myself a child, but you're kind of infatuated with it. I would even say the Kansas-Memphis uh, game when Mario Chalmers and Brandon Rush went up against uh, Derek Rose's Memphis Tigers and John Calipari's Memphis Tigers, and Kansas stole it from them in overtime. To me, 
that those were two games that I was like, you know what, this is a good one, but those two to me were better games. And again, you know what we're looking at? An opinion. An opinion. I, that's we're, it. We're, we're looking at an opinion. That's that's what a lot. Mm-hmm. But but that's what makes it fun though, because then people are able to say, "But don't you remember this one when this shot went in, or this one missed, or there was this big block at the buzzer?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about what you view to be exciting, what you view to be a good game, what you view to be a good matchup. You know, it's it's all of those factors together, and that combines for what makes a good game for you. And I think that there's probably not a single soul out there that would say that that was an exciting game. There's not a single soul that would say that was not an exciting game. But I think there's obviously going to be people who say, well, you know, like you, well, this game was a little bit better or... I was a bigger fan of, you know, Duke Butler in this year because of the mm-hmm. circumstances, because of the players surrounding it. But you know what? There's not going to be a single soul that looks at the game last night and says, I did not get excited. Because everyone, oh, everyone had to have been excited. excited during that game. If you were watching it, non-sports fans mm-hmm. watching that guy, that game would get excited. It was electric. But I will say, and that leads us into... The main topic of this part of the podcast is the the thing for me that I loved most about this game. Because let's be honest, we're gonna bitch about it in a second. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about how great it is. And then me and Brandon are gonna go into bitch mode and bitch about what we didn't like about the game, mainly the Villanova referees. But the thing that this game did, and it did it great for college basketball, it gave us a spectacle. It gave us, and I mean, last year's game, last year's game was all right. It was better than we've seen in the past. But this game, this game gave us something that we can talk about it for. Like the one tweet I saw last night is they're going to be mentioning this game every single night for the next 40 years. I don't know if it's that big, but this is definitely going to go down as one of the (sighs) biggest one shining moments in a championship game? I think that the game last night was a great game. Loved it. But, uh, you know... You didn't like the zebras? There were definitely a couple of times (laughs) when, uh, you know, I was just feeling like the referees could get off the damn mm-hmm. floor. Let me read you a few of my tweets, folks. <laughs> Here's the first one. These refs need to keep the whistle in their pockets. This is ridiculousness. Sean Anderson, back off. Refs should be fined for pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Hashtag UNC. Then the next one later on was, well, Yet again, the refs bailed out Nova. Why don't you just put on a jersey, you losers? And folks, the reason I say that, it it no longer was basketball. They weren't letting them play basketball. It was, I will, I will first off say, the referees are not the reason that North Carolina lost the game last night. 
The reason North Carolina lost the game last night was because there were multiple times they drove down the floor. They could not hit anything. And they couldn't. They they were really struggling to hit a lot of shots, uh, especially when I, I believe it was Vill- Villanova was on a 10-0 run uh, mm-hmm. at, towards the end of the game. I would say the game, probably about in the middle. When there was about 10 minutes left, that's when they were kind of on their 10-0 run there. And it was, they were up by 10 points. Well, not even but that. It, it was like the, five minutes and they were up the 67 to 57. The, the, just, the problem was, the okay, let me just, the refs didn't cost them the game, but the referees sucked. Let me, yeah. let me, let, let me just really rant to you. They blew dick. They were horrible. They were absolutely ridiculous. They, I mean, North Carolina couldn't go for a ball, couldn't die for Meeks couldn't die for a ball mm-hmm. without being called for a foul. It's called basketball, you fucking assholes. The problem is that North Carolina really I think I'm more upset that North Carolina could not make the big shots that they usually made. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about a big shot. Marcus Page. That circus that shot three at Man. the end. Too bad that wasn't the end. We thought it was going to be the one to send it to overtime. But at the end of the day, North Carolina got outplayed by Villanova. Villanova, I will say it here again, folks. I did not think Villanova had a chance in hell of making it doing to the championship. anything in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, literally no chance. I think that they play in the Big East. A conference, when I say think, I mean I know they play in the Big East. A conference that I think is not very good. They're said it, done. But a lot of people <laughs> should agree with me. I mean, look at the some of the teams that they have to play. They're not that strong. The teams at the top are, the teams in the middle are eh, and the teams at the bottom are <clears throat> So I think that that's why I don't really give them a whole lot of respect. That and the fact that they get into a tournament and they, they just kind of don't play basketball mm-hmm. or very good basketball. But the guy who, Ricky, you have fallen in love with him, Archie Diacono, he I was, he was I mean, just the leader of and this team. I don't know team. why. And I have to ask you a question. You say you hate him. Do you just hate the white man in basketball? No. I love Jacoperto. I love Sabonis. I just, I, it's one of those things that I say I hate Archie Diacono, but it's really, it's not like a Grayson Allen hate. It's more of a just, it's more of a I hate you because I hate Villanova in this tournament. And I think that's why I say I hate Archie Diacono. That's it. There's no real like emotion behind it. It's just it's an it's an empty promise at this point. Well, that's logical. Makes makes but no sense. But wanna, th- no, it makes no but sense. I want to add one point to what you were saying about Villanova. Their first two games. Let's be honest. Cupcakers. That Iowa game. The reason why I was a big proponent of they shouldn't even be here because if I was right, which. I'm going to take the Jay Bills approach. I was right. Temple just couldn't live up to my expectations against Iowa. If Villanova played Temple, I think Villanova gets upset in that game. I honestly do. I think Temple plays up to their opponent. However, Villanova against Miami. Villanova against Kansas. Villanova against Buddy Heel and Boomer Sooner. Villanova against UNC. They had to play 
two of the toughest opponents from the ACC, the Tar Heels and the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes were one of my favorite teams, by the way, to watch this year. They had to play both one seeds, the Tar Heels being one of them as well, that people were picking, oh, Kansas and UNC, that's their national championship game. They're the ones that have the best chance to run the table. And then they also had to beat the guy who had just scored 37 points the weekend before against Oregon, and they did. And to me, you look at that, beat Miami, beat Kansas, demolish Buddy Heel, and then beat the Tar Heels, all I can do is stand back and clap. It's all I can do. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. And and again, I, I have to give it up to Villanova. They 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 proved me wrong. They proved a lot of people wrong. And I think that they're very happy about that. They should be. They should be proud. I remember, mean it's a it's a, it's a, it's a great we hold on. Back. I hold on. I'll probably remember when I, I let you talk. But I I really am very proud of this this organization. And Jay Wright, a very good coach, a great guy, it seems like. And um I, I really I think that Villanova can be very happy and proud of, uh, like I already said it, but really happy and proud of this organization and everything that they overcame. And really, everything they overcame was 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 everyone who was saying that they would never get there. People like us saying mm-hmm. they didn't have a chance. People like us saying when they were number one in the rankings, going, oh my gosh, they're only number one because... Well, they've got such an easy schedule. They've got to be number one because everyone else has lost and they've won. So, again, congratulations to Nova. Really good for them. I can't. I can't tell you how many friends I've had to go and say, "Hey, you were right." Because when they went back, back when this was all starting, the tall tournament was starting, and everything like that, and they're like, "Okay, Nova's going. They're going to win it all." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "You are an idiot. Like you are an, an absolute complete idiot." But uh, well, tables have turned, and yep, I'm the idiot. Well, Brandon, you just reminded me before we go on to the very last thing I want to mention about this game. I have to throw out there, give congratulations to, he is the only, not just like you, you said you had a few friends that picked Villanova. We had one person in the Most Valuable Podcast 2016 group pick Villanova to win it all. Brayton Martin, the winner of the Amazon gift card. Brayton, if you are listening and we're going to hit you up, send us a direct message on Twitter with your Twitter handle, and we will get you get you hooked up with the Amazon gift. Yeah, the Amazon gift card. I was almost going to say Amazon Fire, but it's going to be an Amazon gift card. I also got to give a uh, congratulations to the perfect bracket because here's how it went down, Brandon. No one got a perfect bracket. The perfect bracket, and that's the name of the bracket in our group. Oh, the perfect bracket would have won, or Brayton would have won depending on who won last night. So if the Tar Heels won, we'd be saying, uh, oh, the perfect bracket won the group. But nope, it was Brayton Martin and his eighth bracket. His eighth bracket. His eighth bracket. It had the number eight next to it. So that means it's a, it, that was his eighth entry that he had filled out overall. But the last thing I wanted to mention about this game, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Remember when we were sitting back on Selection Sunday? And they asked Jay Wright, hey, uh, what do you feel about not being a one seed? Do you think Villanova's sitting there now like, you know, we feel pretty good about it now? Like, if they were a one seed, would they, and I know this is all Ricky hypothetical, but if Villanova was a one seed, 
would they have been able to run the table still? Do you think that this Nova team was that good? Or is this a, you know what, situational where they were in the bracket and then they ran the table when they played the tough opponents like the Miami, the Kansas, Oklahoma, and UNC? You know, I'm really not sure. I think that, uh, I I actually think that it, it, it may have just been their year this year. You know, when when it's a team's year, it don't matter if you're the one or well, probably not the sixteen, but <laughs> but the the one or the seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that uh, clearly Syracuse kind of showed that to us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't matter if they if everyone said that you shouldn't have even been in the tournament. You made it to the final four, so it doesn't matter. It, I really don't think it matters. The team who the, the special team will always win. That's what I think. The special teams win. Doesn't matter what your seed is. Mm-hmm. You will find a way to win. Okay, and we're going to move on to, we got to talk about next year. I know it's a year away. A, an exact year from this date will be us talking about the national championship yet again. And Brandon, I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be clear. And I'm just going to ask you straight out. Are the Louisville Cardinals the favorite to win it all next year, and if not, who is? Uh, you know what? I'm really, I'm really not sure about the Louisville Cardinals because, uh, well, we didn't get to see anything about them this year. See, uh, and I think, I think that that's kind of the the hard thing to judge on. Well, and to me, that is that's going to be one of the big reasons why this team makes a splash. They were a team that would have been in the tournament. I think they would have went far in the tournament. They probably would have played well in the ACC tournament as well. They're a team that, and this is the huge if, if the NCAA, with their whole strippers in the dorms scandal, if the NCAA goes, okay, your self-imposed band is good enough, no more postseason band, you can be in the tournament next year, kind of like Syracuse for this year. Had the band last year, got to play in it this year. I think Louisville could be a early, way too early. Ricky's way too early national champion prediction for next year. My second favorite team, you guys know them, Hook'em Horns. Those are the two teams I like for next year. Oh my gosh! You're just not going to let it go with no, Texas, are you? I'm not not until Shaka leaves. Oh, you're very annoying. Um, let's I should see. just wear burnt orange from now on. Just you should burnt orange from Texas. You should. I, I I think that that would. It's a lovely color. I think that that would go well. Uh, it's not uh, like my orange and you. champagne's doing anything. No, no, I, no. I, I would definitely not put them as a uh, as a possible um, <laughs> team for next year. No, honestly, I'm going to be I am going to be very honest with you. I don't mm-hmm. have a fucking idea um who's going to be who's going to be good next year. So, I'm going to just refrain from now and then when I figure it out, I'll tell you. Well, cuz the reason why I ask and I bring this topic up is of course, this is the trend that happens. A championship happens and then the next day ESPN, uh Sports Illustrated, all the news cycles come out with the way-too-early rankings Mm -hmm. for next year. And here's the top five for ESPNs. And number one, they've got the Duke Blue Devils. Number two, the team that had just hoisted the trophy 
and cut down the nets, Villanova. Number three, Kentucky. Jayhawks at four. Louisville Cardinals at five. Your Tar Heels were at six. And to me, I was looking at this, and my first thought was, like I said, I saw Louisville, and I went, man, depending on what they do, or not what they do, what the NCAA does when it comes to their scandal, oh, that's a team that, oh, that's a team that I just, I feel that can run the table. They had a great season this year. Loved them this season. But they didn't get to show us what it really counted. And that senior night, and I can just think of those players for Louisville. But then I looked at the top, and I went, really, Duke? We're really going to put Duke as the number one team? And I know that after this year, you can just look at that and go, Ricky, who fucking cares who's number one? Because how many number ones did we have this season? I just don't see Duke right now as a team that, I mean, the thing with Duke is they had a bunch of freshmen carry them last year. Brandon Ingram's not going to be there next year. Grayson Allen is probably going to go to the NBA. Brandon Ingram is going to be a top two pick, maybe even a number one overall pick in the draft. They're just losing too much to me. And then with the Villanova, I mean, (sighs) Villanova has a lot of seniors that are leaving. So, okay, they got to fill in their shoes. And part of me was looking down. I'm like, I like Kentucky just because Calipari is well coached. Calipari could have freshmen come in and have a full team of freshmen and make it to the tournament into the Final Four, or have a chance to make it to the Final Four each and every year. The Tar Heels are going to be interesting because no Marcus Page, no Bryce Johnson, both are definitely going to be gone because they are seniors. Virginia, I mean, Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon is no longer going to be on that team. He was one of the huge players for me, and he's one of the reasons why I think Virginia was so good. However, there's one team I wanted to – there's actually two. One team that I looked at, though, and went, huh, I know they're losing two, maybe three key players, but if the one player that counts stays, they could be something to watch, Maryland. And the reason why I say that is they're definitely going to lose Solomon because Solomon and Lehman, they're gone. They're both seniors. However, if, I mean, Diamond Stone, the center, he's probably going to go to the draft, so you're losing those three. But Mellow Trimble's the key guy. If Mellow Trimble can stay, he can be the leader of that team. And the thing I, like, the thing with Mellow Trimble is, and the reason why I have the hope, is I know deep down there's a Mellow Trimble that we saw two years ago. The freshman Mellow Trimble is in there somewhere, Brandon. We just need to find him. But he was he was supposed to be the team leader this year. He didn't lead them down the stretch. He didn't do well, and it wasn't if and if and if it wasn't him, who else was it? So I, I, that doesn't necessarily do a whole lot for me. You need a better supporting cast, and Mellow Trimble. Uh, well, he can't he can't do it all because he he clearly showed that he he can can't. Mm-hmm. He just can't. I just and I mean. It's me, I'm looking through these teams, and there's one key thing I'm looking at with most teams. 
And Texas A&M's another one that has this in mind. How many times this year did we mention, oh, it's about the seniors this year. It's about the upperclassmen this year. Well, the thing about seniors is, if you talk about seniors during the year, when that year ends, bye-bye. They go bye-bye because they don't have any more years of eligibility. That's what a lot of these teams are losing. North Carolina with Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson. Looking at, I mentioned Texas A&M alone. They've got Daniel House, Jalen Jones, Anthony Collins, um, Alex Caruso. All four of those players, bye-bye. They're gone because they're seniors. You also look at Oklahoma, who's going to lose Buddy Heal, Ryan Spangler, and Isaiah Cousins. That's Mi- crippling. And so, like, I mean, I know Michigan that new players State, come in. Denzel Valentine. And Deonta Davis could be gone. Th- there's, there's, there's a lot of that. This year mm-hmm. was the year of the senior. Mm-hmm. You know, last year was the year of the freshman. Next year it'll be the year of the transfer junior. You know, it's just something different uh, every single year. The transfer junior. I, was, I just made it up. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's something different every year. But – that's why I think it's I think right now it's it's too early to make those picks because people haven't you don't have everyone necessarily going to the draft. You don't know exactly what you have coming in. Mm-hmm. It is way too early for that, which is why I refrain from doing this shit. I am gonna say I'm given two teams, and these are my for sure two favorites for next year. Number one, Louisville, just because I feel like Just because have, you want to say well, Louisville. I like Louisville. I I I felt like they got robbed this year well, did. of being in the tournament, and I think they're going to say, hey, you know what, we're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. However, the other team that I think is going to make a run next year, Kentucky. And I know you're probably sitting there going, surprise, surprise. Doesn't matter that they lose Tyler Eulis. Won't matter if they lose Jamal Murray, because coming in, they've got De'Aaron Fox, fourth best prospect, Best point guard, best recruit in the state of Texas coming in. And they also got Malik Monk, the combo guard. Best recruit in Arkansas, best combo guard, fifth national recruit. Guess what? Boom, boom, there's Euless and Murray again. Hey, how about uh, how about Indiana? I wanted to say them, but you know, I there's, hate there, Indiana. There, there's, there's a team that uh, was a bit of a surprise this mm-hmm. year, came on really well, really late. And uh, had a really nice tournament run. So, I mean, Indiana could be another one as well. Well, and I mean, I'm looking at Indiana too. I mean, it's especially if, especially if like Williams and Thomas Brown return. Really, Yogi Ferrell is the only one that you got to worry about leaving because he's the senior. But they could be a dark horse for next season. But we're going to end the podcast today kind of flipping it. We've talked about basketball 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 now we are going to talk about football we finally get to talk about football again and we're entering spring and we've had some spring games michigan was one of the teams that had their spring game this past weekend brandon i know it's early i know it's the spring what teams are you looking at this off season to make a splash next season well here here's a team that i i think that we could see this next year do well, and it's a team that everyone was crying for. 
towards the end of the year. How about North Carolina? How about North Carolina from the ACC, a team that played very well this se- this past season, mm-hmm. and a team that a lot of people bitched about for days. They were robbed. And referees they were robbed. robbed. Them. They were well, robbed. Fuck it. Who cares? Clemson shouldn't have won that game. Here's the thing. Whoa, whoa, that's a bold mm-hmm. statement. North my Carolina should have won. But that anyways. Game. I think North Carolina could come on again this year. I think they have a chance to go farther. I think they have a chance to be pretty good coming out of the ACC. Do I really need to say the team I'm most excited for this offseason? Do I do I need to do you you guys know who I'm going to say first, right? Um San Diego State? I do like I do like the Aztecs. The Aztecs are good, but I kind of the two teams on my mind, both of them are from the Big 10. One is yellow, one is orange. And I'll go with the orange one first because they're probably not going to be that good. But I hope but the they hope will. is there. The I hope, hope they is will there. Be. And I finally have some hope for my fighting Illini this spring. Two reasons. Two reasons why I have hope for my fighting Illini. Number one, Lovey Smith is the head coach. Can he finally can he finally bring success? to this Illinois football program that has been bad for so long. I need to feel that kind of youthful just excitement that I had when I was Oh, well you'll get that fi- from Lovey. When I was a 15-year-old watching Juice Williams play. Now I Juice. mean Now I mean Lovey uh we'll we'll get a lot of it's okay, Wes, we're still going to go out and get some ice cream. You had a good game, only threw three picks today. I'm going to call Rex Grossman over, and we're going to go get some ice cream from around the block. But no, seriously. Second reason why no, I'm excited. No, I thought excited, you were being serious. Second reason why I am excited for my Illini, Mike Dudek, the now junior wide receiver, after missing all of last season, most of last season, with his injury, can now come back and hopefully be the same Mike Dudek that we saw his freshman season two years ago. And then the other one you're looking at is, of course, Michigan. No, oh, yeah, they are. That, how'd you know that was going to be the other team? Oh, am, I, am I that biased that, that like you knew it was going to be Michigan? Well, you, one of them you said was blue and yellow. Yeah, blue and yellow. But and yeah, there's Mi- no other team that's blue and yellow. Michigan in the big to time. me, I'm going to say this: Michigan could be the one to dethrone Ohio State officially. Like I know that Michigan State kind of did it last year, but. Michigan this year could be the one to say, get the fuck out of the way, Buckeyes. Urban, you're old news. Jim Harbaugh is here to stay. Well, they, they may. I mean, <clears throat> Michigan was pretty good last year when they when they were making a, a run, really. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's going to be another battle, though, this year in the Big Ten. And I think it's going to be the top three teams. I think it's going to be Michigan. It's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Michigan State. And before I get on that, I want to correct myself before somebody in the comment section uh, roasts me. I said junior for Dudek. I meant to say sophomore because I had to look up. I did not know officially. He did redshirt last season, so he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. But no, I'm I glad mean, you didn't get made fun of. Well, for that. I mean, with the Big Ten, I feel like it's going to be the same thing that it was last year. The main difference, though, is going to be. What can Ohio State do, man? And it, to me, it's because you lose Broxton Miller, you lose the uh, 
the the super like uh, video game spin mover from yeah. week one of last year. You lose your best running back and the guy who I think has the potential to be the next best thing out of the draft running back wise since Adrian Peterson. And then, I mean, you lose Cardell Jones. So really, to me, it's really Ohio State's on the not so up and up. And of course, I say that and the Buckeyes will completely, completely prove me wrong. However, I just, I feel like this year in the Big Ten, maybe it's because it's early. It's Michigan's year, baby. They're just, I feel, I'm feeling already they have a sense of swagger about themselves, too. Now, how about, how about some of the teams that were in the playoff last year? What do we think about them? This is, Clemson has to have a good year. And mainly not because of just Clemson, but... This is going to be the year of, okay, Watson, are you going to be the best quarterback recruit? Or are you are you going to be the guy where it's like, oh, he's going to be the number one pick, number one quarterback recruit in the 2017 draft, and then you come out this year and prove it? Or is he going to be the, oh, yeah, he's going to be the best quarterback recruit, then Cody Kessler's it, and he's a third rounder. Or Connor Cook's it, and... He's a second, third rounder. That's a, like Clemson. That's a team. That's what I'm looking at. It's more individually on Deshaun Watson. He needs to have a big year this year. He yeah. needs to. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure he will. He had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're saying that he needs to have an even better year than what he had yep. last year. It has to, to keep getting better. Maybe win a national championship. I mean, the guy played well. I mean, he did a he did a very good job. He even had a pretty good national championship game. Alabama was just better. They were a lot better. Uh, how about Iowa? How about Iowa? Do you think they come back for fake ID round two? No. I. The The thing about Iowa, and this is what I think, it, it was cute last year. They shocked the world. But it's kind of like I'm going to compare them to Ohio State. Ohio State, two years ago, first college football playoff, they shocked the world. Holy crap. Ohio State came out and won the college football playoff. Then last year rolls around. What happens? People know how to play them. No, Iowa's not going to catch anybody by surprise this year. Are they, could they be a decent team? Yes, but I don't think they're going to be the one-loss, zero-loss team that we saw a year ago. I, I just feel like people are not going to be Early in the year, people are not going to sleep on them and that they could end up being like maybe a two, three loss team just because there's not that surprise. The team that I'm actually really excited about and that out of, except for Alabama, because Alabama every year, you can say, oh, they have the best chance to go back to the college football playoff. But the team that has the best chance to go back to the college football playoff, and it's because I love the guy that they have running the offense at quarterback, Boomer Sooner. Baker Mayfield can lead the Sooners back to the college football playoff, and some are even saying that they could be the dark horse to win it all next season. Well, they're going to have to get better. 
uh, because they did not— And they not, can't lay an egg in the playoff game. Well, I was game. just going to say, they did not look good in that playoff game. That was the that was one of the games that people were most disappointed with mm-hmm. because it ended up being—I mean, it started off close, ended up being a really poor performance, um, I think, overall by uh, the Sooners in that one. Uh, how about a, another one here, Ricky? The other Rose Bowl team, Stanford. I was actually looking at them. And to me, the thing with them, I mean, you're you're losing McCaffrey. You're losing Hogan. Uh, I, I, I'm not that excited about Stanford this season. I'm not excited about the Pac-12, let's be honest. I mean, Oregon's been on the down and down. Like, USC hasn't been as high as they've been in the past. Stanford may win the Pac-12, but I, I I don't know. I'm not really high on them this spring. I don't know if you're different and you can tell me that, Ricky, you're fucking stupid for thinking that. No, I was interested, too, I, to see what you would say, especially with the big losses that you said with McCaffrey and with Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two guys were crucial to the success last year, and it was great success, but, I mean, replacing them uh, could be quite the challenge. I'm going to ask you about a individual player that, if looking at him this spring, maybe what you expect from him this season, and will he be the number one overall pick next year at the draft, Leonard Fournette? Are we going to see a resurgence from Fournette in his sophomore or in his third year in the league? Ooh, we will see. I, Leonard Fournette was just—he was going to be the Heisman winner mm-hmm. in the middle of the season before he just people, fell off the wagon. People crowned him. People crowned him already. They gave him the trophy. This guy. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. I think we may both have, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that uh, we would have had fair reason. I mean, he was getting about two hundred yards and two touchdowns a game. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to try and do that again. To get back on the map. He doesn't necessarily have to do that every game, but a couple of games like that, he's going to have to do that to get back on the map because he fell off of it pretty hard. Can he get back? Yes, he can. But I I really think that when they hit Alabama, it all went downhill from there. Well, and one last team that I want to mention, and it's because they could have an interesting situation for the quarterback spot this year. But the Fighting Irish, what are we going to expect from them this year? Does Deshaun Kaiser win the spot outright to be the starting quarterback? I can't tell you that. I really do not know that that answer right now. I, we're going to have to wait and see. We've got about three. We got three guys I think competing for it, mm-hmm. and you know it's you know Brian Kelly. He's going to make the the best decision. Uh, obviously for the team, and and that's going to be based off of the competition. I really don't even think it'll be based off of last year. Uh, it, it will be based off of the competition, what they show in camp and everything like that. But uh, we, we'll we see. Uh, right now I'll say I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to win it outright. I, I definitely don't think that. He's not going to win it, you know, based on last year. I firmly believe that. I, I think that he he can definitely improve on what he did last year, but I think last year was solid for him. Um We'll have to see. He's not throwing to Will Fuller anymore. Mm-hmm. You know that's a big thing. Will, Will Fuller, Fuller is going to be in the NFL. I mean, he—that's your—that was your go-to guy. That was your go-to guy. Some people are saying now in the NFL, uh, you know, watch for him. He could be a bust because of a uh, number of drops. But you don't have a Will Fuller 
that those are all things that those are all things playing into it for whoever is at the quarterback position there at Notre Dame. We will just have to watch, wait, and see. Because I mean, it was Malik Zaire, but Zaire the injury. I with me, I, I would lean towards. I would lean towards Kaiser only because he played more of last season. Maybe has more of the chemistry going with the other teammates. However, I mean, Malik Zaire was no uh, chump change to be the quarterback of the Fighting Irish. Well, see, that's the thing is that you know these guys. You you, you toss them up in the air. It's you, you don't know because I, I think they they both have a, they they're very talented they're they're very good I I think that you know it comes down to it one's gonna have to beat out the other I I know it sounds very stupid mm-hmm. it sounds very well duh I get that but it, it's it's not one of those okay clearly it's gonna be this guy or it absolutely has to be this guy mm-hmm. no I don't think that's I don't think that's the case well and you know it's gonna throw a huge wrench into this quarterback position, not this season, but next season. You have Malik Zaire, who's a junior. If he stays senior year, and Deshaun Kaiser stays junior year, you also have the seventh best dual threat quarterback from Cedar Hills, Texas, of the 2017 class, also coming to Notre Dame. So you could have three high-profile quarterbacks on your roster a year from now, if you're the Fighting Irish. It'll be interesting. That's for sure. Always is. Are we going to give a national championship pick early spring? Nope, absolutely not. Nope. Not, not going to pick uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide to beat who gives a fuck because it's Alabama? No. See, you know, you 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 you, you, you get me on these <laughs> podcasts, and then you want to make picks. These bold and, predictions. And, you know, I'm but just not. on Monday. Not I'm not. Monday. I'm not really into your. You know, let's pick uh, a winner eight months in advance. Bullshit. So I'm going to refrain from doing that, as I always do. To quote the great uh, Dennis Green, "You want to crown their asses, crown their asses." But that's going to do it for the primetime podcast this week. I'm going to thank you guys for checking out the podcast. As Brandon whipped a hair tie at me. I don't know what Brandon needs a hair tie for. Uh, he doesn't have those long locks, but thank you guys. I was trying for, to give it to Ricky. <laughs> thank you guys for checking out the podcast. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hit that heart and repost button. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. I'm going to say it. We're shooting for a 1,000, but I know as I – I'm not even going to say a number we're at right now because I have a feeling by the time – this goes up and you actually hear the words coming out of my mouth, we're going to be at a 1,000. So thank you guys for when we get there. And if we're not at a 1,000 when you're listening to this, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. We're really shooting for a 1,000. That's our next goal. Thank you guys. It means a lot to us that you listen to these podcasts. Young underscore Swan 19 is branded on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Say hi to Sean, our social media manager. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.